Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the retirement and tax playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. Now, Our Retirement Rescue Game Plan is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, put in your information, And that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge via USPS to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. So um, it is the middle of February already. That's right. 2023. I I, I tell you, the, the older I get, the faster time just goes by and it's, uh, it's a, it's a little scary when you really think about it. I mean, really, time is just time. It's your perception of time. That's right. That really changes. Getting um, philosophical here. I am. But uh, but I'll tell you, it's already, uh, you know, middle of uh, February in 2023. We're already a month and a half basically into uh, in, into the new year. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's, it is what it is. Have you um, stopped any New Year's resolutions that you started uh, um, January 1st? No, I haven't because my, my resolution was to not make any resolutions. Oh. And so I've stuck with that and I'm probably one of the few hmm. yeah. that has uh, actually stuck to that resolution. Okay, good. But uh, there you go. Anyway, we had a lot to go over, so let's get into some money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> All right, so, um, you know, as we creep into and get settled into 2023, um, one of the questions that I'm always uh, um, being asked is, Marcus, how is the economy doing? Um, and, you know, when you think about it, um, the answer, it's, it's, it's really complicated. So let's uh, dive into this a, a little bit. So, after the, the Federal Reserve, after, after they hiked interest rates again, uh, but they did it less than they did the, the previous time, um, and of course, all the market volatility, um, you know, it really is a good time to kind of talk about the economy, right? Because all that happened back in 2022. And so uh, here we are, uh, mid-February 2023. And so let, let's talk about some of these things. Number one, inflation. Inflation has been falling since the summer. Um, Inflation fell for the sixth straight month back in December. um, And that's evidence that last June, when it was at its height, that was its peak. And it's come down from that pretty much ever since, right? And it's funny because um, 
Um, I was watching Meet the Press or one of those shows, um, you know, ABC, ABC News or, or CBS Meet the Press, whatever it was. Um, but um, there was a, um, I want to say some governor. Uh, he was a re- he was a Republican governor, mm-hmm. and um, the host was talking about. Um, you know, the current administration, Biden, and, and, and saying, hey, that, um, you know, inflation has come down and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that uh, governor did not want to give any credit mm. to uh, the current administration. And he was like, of course, inflation has gone down. It was at 9.1%. You know, it only had one way to go, and that was down. And as he said that, I thought, mm-hmm. eh, 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 inflation at 9%. We've had inflation at 18%, so it could have gone up, but it has actually gone down. But I understand he's playing politics. He didn't want to give any credit to the current administration. But anyway, inflation has gone down uh, six straight months since December, and that's where we are. Now, inflation is still very high. You know, I, I don't want to act like inflation's at its lowest level, but um, but it has gone down. It's still high, and its impact is really still being felt at grocery stores, things of that nature. You know, the cost of eggs we talked about mm-hmm. uh, um, a while back. and Now uh, it's orange juice. Yeah, orange juice is sky-high prices right don't, now. Don't drink orange juice. A lot of sugar in oh, it. A lot maybe. of sugar. Well, I anyway. won't now. The prices are high. Right. So, um, so that's inflation. The jobs market. The jobs market is still very strong. Right, the latest January jobs report was um, was 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 high. The economy added over five hundred thousand new jobs, and the unemployment rate fell to the lowest that it's been since 1969. And, you know, it's interesting because the doom and gloom that you hear on the news that they like to just spew out and report is the fact that all these tech layoffs, right, uh, Google and Meta and Amazon and pretty much any tech company you can think of, they all are laying off thousands of people. And that is what you hear in the headlines, and it makes people feel a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. But scary. that's not the full story. That's just that one industry that is laying off people because they got overexcited a couple of years back and hired pretty much anybody who had a pulse. And now they're having to kind of cut out that glut um, that they, uh, that they embellished in uh, a few years ago. But all of these other industries are hiring and still looking for people. Leisure hospitality, Business services, retail, government, uh, health services, they are all in full hiring mode and are continuing to add jobs. So don't get caught up in the hypes of these tech layoffs because it's just that one sector. All right. Um, Let's talk about the recession. Um, So far, uh, the economy has basically shrugged off uh, the recession worries that we had late last year. Um, You know, we heard, hey, we're we're going to be in a recession. A recession's coming. Everybody braced for a recession, and I don't know if one's coming or not. But so far, despite despite all the recessionary doom and gloom, the economy actually grew 2.9% in the last three months of 2022. Now, consumer spending, it did weaken uh, a little bit, but um, for the most part, we the economy grew by almost 3% uh, last uh, last quarter. So, um, you know, we are still keeping tabs on the fact that consumer spending has gone down, and that's also could be a um, uh, a result of if you're watching the news. No, if you're just watching the news, um, and and you're hearing that people are 
laying companies are laying people off on this really just the tech industry mm -hmm. then maybe you do tighten the belt a little mm -hmm. bit and then of course just like you said inflation uh that does uh you know kind of uh, slow down spending a little bit so a few takeaways um a, a couple of things but before i kind of dive into to, to the takeaways number one much of the data that we look at or we see in the headlines it's based on incomplete estimates that get revised later as more data comes out right um, data is, you know, impacted by a bunch of different things, seasonal trends. Um, and so you can't get caught up in the, that initial data that comes out because things tend to balance out as more data comes in. So here is, um, what we're looking at. So, you know, despite all the tech layoffs, uh, and of course, like I said, the, the, the doom and gloom headlines, uh, a lot of sectors still seem to be growing, um, from a from from I guess job wise, um, interest rates um, have gone up, but when you think about it, because of the job growth and uh, even the the economic growth, um, uh, it hasn't slowed down as much as the Fed probably has hoped, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because inflation, although it's going down, it's not going down as fast as um, I, I think the, the the Fed had had anticipated. Yeah. Um, and of course, the recession. You know, the recession is real. Uh, the fears are real. Um, but based on uh, what's been going on, it doesn't look like the economy has hit the brakes or the skids just yet. And so what does that mean for interest rates, the, the future of interest rates? Um, and really, that's a uh, um, the trillion dollar question. Mm -hmm. No, that's with the T, the trillion mm -hmm. dollar question. Um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but um, uh, it's like I said in our prediction show that interest rates are probably still going to go up. We think more interest rates are, are going to, to, um, to come, uh, but uh, we think that they'll eventually pivot away from um, the, in, uh, the, the interest rate increases and kind of take a, a pause and kind of see what happens with the economy. Now, for the stock market, you know, the stock market is going to do what the stock market does. It's going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go up, and it's going to go down. A lot of volatility but you have to make sure that you have some sort of plan, some sort of system that is going to put you in a situation where you're not making those rash decisions. Um, you know, I always say I don't have a crystal ball on what the market is going to do, but you can control what you can control. And that is your personal economy. Um, so, you know, as, as we read through these analysis and we read through these reports, uh, we're always looking for opportunities. And of course, as I become informed, you, the audience, the listener, or maybe listeners, plural. It's probably plural, yeah. Yeah. At least two. You will be informed on um, our thoughts um, and what you can potentially do uh, moving forward. All right? There you go. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the debt ceiling. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Hey, this is what I'm talking about. American Standards. Like this. Can't get out of this mood. Can't get over this feeling. So this is Samara Joy. 
It's a song that's called Can't Get Out of This Mood. All right. And um, came out in 2022. Okay. New on the scene. No, this is not uh, Billie Holiday. Um, you know, I know it sounds like uh, came out in the 70s, 50s, 50s 60s, mm-hmm. 70s. But uh, this is what is being released now, which is great. I'm glad people still make this music. This is really good. Good stuff. All right. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That retirement rescue game plan will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest eggs. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, you can go to warrenwealth.net. So are you familiar with um, uh, Lord of the Rings? Did you read the book or mm, there a movie? There was some movies, yeah. I think I've, there was a movie called, I know the book, you know. Yeah. Um, 1954 okay. novel anyway. Okay. Um, a group of, you know, young boys on a deserted island. No um, adults. Lord of the Flies? Flies, yeah. Oh, what I, I say, rings? Lord of the Rings. What yes. did I say? You said Lord of the Rings. I yes. said Lord of the Rings? Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, Lord, yeah, the Fly, yes. Lord yeah, of the Flies. Let's Hey, have you ever heard of Lord of the Flies? Yes, yes. Okay. I read book. that book, yes. Yes, the yes, book. yes, yes, yes. Yes, of mm-hmm. course, yeah. That's why I said book and movies. Of course, there was three Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. And more to come, probably. Mm, yes. Lord of the Flies. Yes. Go. 1954. Okay. Um... Yeah, the boys, uh, island, mm-hmm. yes. uh, have to come up with their own, basically, civilization. system, civilization. <laughs> yes. And, of course, it all goes wrong. It's terrible. And violent, brutal, you know, things of that nature. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Um, have you uh, um, heard of uh, um, artificial intelligence? Yes. Chat GPT? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's new now. Yeah. So um, what I did, I said we were going to talk about the debt ceiling. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, this uh, new... Chat GPT is um, mm-hmm. pretty fascinating, but um, so I said, "Hey, let's uh, let's uh, try to explain this debt ceiling." Okay. In uh, Lord of the Flies, not Lord of the Rings, ah. Lord of the Flies format. Yeah. So let's describe. Um, let me have. Uh, let me read to you what Chat GPT came out with in regards okay. to the debt ceiling. Okay. In a Lord of the Flies format, and this might help the listeners out there learn a little bit. All right, so once upon a time, on a distant island island called the United States of America, there lived a tribe of young boys who were entrusted with the responsibility of managing the tribe's resources. The tribe's resources were limited, and the boys were told that they must keep track of their spending so they wouldn't run out of these resources. The tribe's leaders agreed upon a limit on how much they could borrow and spend, which they called the debt ceiling. However... Some of the boys were more interested in having fun and enjoying the moment, while others were more focused on the long-term health of the tribe and preserving its resources. Now, one day, the the boys discovered that they had spent so much that they were about to reach that debt ceiling, and there was still much more that they wanted to spend. The boys who were focused on enjoying the moment argued that, that they should just keep spending as there was no immediate consequence. 
But the boys who were focused on the long-term health of the tribe warned that if they went over the debt ceiling, they would face consequences that could hurt the tribe in the future. The other boys didn't listen and continued to spend. And soon enough, they reached the debt ceiling. Now, this caused a great disturbance among the tribe, and they faced difficulties in borrowing, borrowing more resources. They couldn't buy the things that they wanted, and the tribe leaders had to make difficult decisions about how to manage the limited resources that, that they had left. And so the story, ladies and gentlemen, of the debt ceiling on the island, it serves as a reminder of the importance of being responsible with the limited resources and considering the consequences of our actions. The tribe learned that it was crucial to live within their means and make wise decisions for the future of the tribe. The end. Wow. However, that's not the way that it really plays out here, right? Because what have happens... You ever, have you ever heard of that movie, I, Robot? Uh, yes, or I seen have. that movie, I, yes, Robot? Yes, yes. This yes. is exactly what chat GPT <laughs> is going to turn into. Yeah. That was that was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it is. It's gonna it's gonna be be just that. Um, and what and, and and what you have to think of, especially in regards to the debt ceiling, that um, unfortunately we haven't learned the lesson of of living within our means. Right, we are thirty one plus trillion dollars in debt. We have unfunded liabilities, Social Security and Medicare. That still and continuously has to be paid with the aging population who was transitioning from working to retirement. And now they are stop. They have stopped putting money into the system. And now they're going to want to pull money out of the system. And we continue to rack up this debt. And the only way to pay for that debt is one to cut expenses or two raise more money and make more money. And how does the government go about making more money? What they do is they tax us. They can raise money by taxing us more. So with all this political theater about the debt ceiling, how does it affect you? Consumers, investors, retirees, how can it affect you? Well, there are a, a few ways. And, you know, one is if we get to that point where they don't raise the debt ceiling and the government, uh, in essence, defaults on their debt, it would, it would send negative shockwaves through the U.S. and global economies. And here are some ways that it can affect you, the audience out there, all right? Um, number one is it could freeze federal benefits. So, you know, tens of millions of American households, um, they, you might not get the federal benefits that you want. What are federal benefits? We're talking about Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, right? And any kind of federal aid related to uh, veterans, housing, um, that could potentially stop. Government functions, such as nat, uh, national defense, that could be effective. Um, the salaries of active military personnel could be frozen. So um, if they don't raise this debt ceiling, uh, it could have those, uh, those effects. Um, we could potentially have uh, a recession. Um, you know, a, a affected households, of course, if you're not getting Social Security or that Medicare money um, that, that is paying for your health care, it would affect the households. Why? Because you would have less cash on your hands, right? Less cash on, in your hands means less cash in the economy, which could lead to a recession. We're already 
eh, kind of on the brink of a recession, at least that's what they say. Now, with a lot of those benefits cut off or a delay in those benefits until they work something out, could have an effect and push us into a recession quicker. And then you got higher borrowing cost, right? Um, investors generally view uh, these U.S. Treasury bonds um, and the U.S. dollar uh, as safe. Um, but if we default on those obligations, of course, borrowing cost will go higher. So what does that mean? That means uh, a higher rates on your mortgage, higher rates on your credit cards, any kind of other loan, any kind of consumer debt that you have, um, those costs would potentially go higher. Businesses would have to pay um, higher interest rates on, on their loans. And what does that mean? If they're paying more, they push that on to the consumers, and then you are going to be paying more. Um, and, of course, with all of that, that is going to translate to the stock market. And the stock market, the one thing that the stock market hates, and they hate um, uncertainty. They hate uh, when people default on their debts. And that would probably cause the stock market to be extremely volatile, going up, going down, but more violent swings. And so if there is just a little tinge of the debt ceiling not being raised or the U.S. defaulting on their debt obligations, that would cause shockwaves throughout the global and financial markets, which then, of course, would, um, you know, cause those, those uh, um those markets to pretty much go down. Um, eventually they go up, but the doom and gloom in the meantime would cause investors to panic. And when people panic, they make the wrong decisions at the wrong time. And they do it all the time. Um, and we have had this issue before back in 2011 um, when uh, the debt, we came to that same debt ceiling issue. And uh, I think it was under the Obama administration um, the S&P 500, the stock market fell 17% between July, um, I think it was July and August. So within a month, really it was like a two-week time, time period, it fell 17% because of that. And so that is how the debt ceiling will affect you, the consumer, the investor, the retiree out there. Um, that is how it will affect you. Now, I know a lot of times... Um, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in, in Washington, and, you know, it's all grandstanding and they all look for their quick sound bites that they can roll out on MSNBC and Fox News and CNN. Um, but, you know, the debt ceiling is something that can uh, have shockwaves, uh, shockwaves, you know, through, throughout the, the, the economic system. However, I still believe that they're just um, posturing and grandstanding in that, you know, by the middle of, of, of this year, the debt ceiling will be raised and it will be business as usual um, with the uh, with the government. Um, however, uh, when we talk about um, taxes and things of that nature, um, you know, kicking the can down the road is not uh, the route to go. Um, I think that um, if we continue to go down that route, uh, that that root route, whatever mm -hmm. root route, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Mm -hmm. um, that um, you know, it, it's it, it's just going to cause taxes to be a lot higher in the future. So make sure that you're on your P's and your Q's and keep your ear to the grindstone, or you can just keep your ears to your radios because I will let you know how this thing plays out because that is what I am here for. All right, coming up next, we're going to answer some of your 
questions uh, that you have uh, sent in to us via email. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. I wish I knew. <laughs> All right. This is a good song, too. This is um, Steve Lacey. Mm-hmm. The song is called Bad Habit. Right. Also came out last year, yes. 2022. Yes. Number one in the U.S., number eight in the U.K. Okay. Breakout song. Um, I saw him perform at the Grammys uh, right. last weekend. That's right. He I was, like uh, it. Yeah, he was Prince-ish. 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 Yeah, he is. You yeah. Know? And that's just kind of bad, see, because all he did was play guitar. Yeah. And well, his had, outfit. And had longer know. hair. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, He's got a look. He's got yeah, a look. he does. He does. Anyway, plus my daughter got me into this song. She played it, uh, I don't know, a thousand times in a row in the car. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good song. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. And that is a physical packet of information that is delivered free of charge, by the way, via USPS to your front door. And there's a solid packet of information in there. My two books, financial reports, and then access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. Net, and you will get that awesome packet of delight. I call it a packet of delight okay. because it's going to save somebody's retirement. Oh, yeah. That's what it's going to do. That is what it is going to do. Anyway, um, I think it's time for uh, email, so let's jump into some emails. Real quick. Yes, it's email, email time. It's time to check the mail. Hey listeners, if you have a question for Marcus, just visit warrenwealth.net and click on the Ask Marcus button to send us a question. If it's a good one, we might read it on the show. First question today. Only if it's a good one. Only good. Yeah. Bad ones we just throw away. First question is from Jerry, uh, who is in Crestwood. He says, I heard someone say that a good time to do a Roth conversion is when the market is down. Why is that? And what does that mean? Oh, so Jerry. First, um, do we want to explain what a Roth conversion is? Yeah, so the idea of, of a Roth conversion, uh, behind the Roth conversion, is to take what you have in your IRA, um, your traditional IRA, and you're going to basically convert that over to your Roth IRA. Um, now, when you do that, there is a taxable event that happens because you've taken money out of a tax-deferred bucket, which is your IRA, and you've moved it out into something else. And so you generally are paying taxes now at today's rates, which um, if you listen to the show often, you know that uh, we are in the lowest tax rate environment that we've had in a while. And you're taking money out and you're putting it in your, uh, your Roth, so you're paying taxes at the lower rate. Once it's in your Roth, then the growth from there, from here until as far as the eye can see, it grows tax-free. And that might make sense now because taxes are just so low. And remember this, people, that these current tax cuts that we have, the reason taxes are so low right now is because back in 2018, uh, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed. But that expires at the end of 2025. So going into 2026, taxes are going to revert back to what they were back in 2017. So they are already going to be higher than they were, than they are now. 
And so it might make sense to pay the lower rate now, knowing that taxes are going to be higher in the future. Now, last year was a bad year for the stock market. The stock market, uh, uh, the NASDAQ, or the t- mostly tech stocks, the, the NASDAQ was down about 30%, the S&P was down about 9%, and the S&P 500 was down about uh, 20%. And so the market is down, and uh, Jerry asked the question, hey, uh, is the, I've heard that since the market is down, it's a good time to do a Roth conversion. And it, it may be. The reason is because we have low taxes, and now your stocks that were in your traditional IRA are now at a discount, so to speak. But generally, the market always bounces back. So why not have that growth in your Roth IRA? So, Jerry, it might make sense to take your, your depreciated assets in your traditional IRA, move it over to a Roth, pay the tax, move it over to your Roth, And now, as stocks generally always do, it bounces back. So now all that growth, my friend, is tax-free. So you are able to make lemonades out of lemons, right? Your lips are all puckered up because of the sour taste of 2022. But you know what, Jerry? You're thinking. You're thinking. You're trying to be innovative. And you're like, you know what? How can I turn this sour taste into something a little more sweet. And that, my friend, is might, might be the way to do that. By taking that depreciated asset, moving it over, paying the tax in, in this low tax rate environment, and now, bam, everything that goes up, my friend, is tax-free. Uncle Sam is not going to get a piece of it. But I would always make sure that you talk to a tax professional financial advisor before you make any rash decisions obviously you can schedule a time with us on warrenwealth.net what else we got okay next one is bill who is in louisville he says i have a traditional ira with stock in it that i have not needed to use for income because i receive social security and a pension nice he says i turned 73 this year and learned about rm D's, required minimum distributions. He said, I would hate to take money out of the IRA because the stock is at a loss for the year. Is there any way to avoid this RMD? Well, the short answer, Bill, is nope. There is not a way to avoid the RMD. Well, I take that. Generally speaking, there's, well, there's not a way to avoid the, there's not a way to avoid the RMD. There is a way to avoid some of the tax that, that mm-hmm. comes with it. So, no, there's not a way to avoid the RMD. A couple of things. One is congratulations, my friend, on that what we call mailbox money. You have Social Security and a pension. That is some good stuff. And generally when people have Social Security and a pension, a lot of times, depending on their expenses, they're like, hey, I don't need to use my IRA, what I've saved up in my IRA. But unfortunately, once you turn 72, now it is 73 mm-hmm. this year. Correct. Now it is 73. Yep. Um, you have to take your RMDs, um, and there's no way to avoid it. Um, it's basically the IRS's way of creating a stream of income off of your retirement. So they've given you that tax deferral um, for years and years. You're 72, and you haven't had to take anything out. They've given you that tax deferral. Now they're like, hey, Bill, you know what? We need our money. Can, they're not even saying, can we get it? They're saying, we want it. And so if you don't take it out, by the way, you're penalized 25%. You will have a 25% penalty if you do not take that money out, Bill. So 
Um, the short answer is no, you cannot avoid RMD. You have to take it out. Now, if you don't want to be taxed on it, then there are ways that you can send it directly to a church or a charity, um, and you won't be uh, taxed on it, and the money can go for good. Um, but the bottom line is you will still need to take that money out. And there might even be a way to avoid having to sell the stock at a loss by doing something that's called an in-kind transfer. Straight to the... You're not avoiding the RMD. you are still got to take it out of that IRA, but you might be able to do an in-kind transfer. Check with your financial advisor. If you don't have one, of course, give us a call because we know how to do stuff like that. That is correct. All right, let's see. Where, where are we on time? We might have time for a couple of more. Let's, uh, let's do throw it. one out there. Okay, Laura says, I recent, this is a good one. I read a recent article that said, actively managed mutual funds do not consistently beat the stock market. Do not actively manage funds. That is true. She is right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she said, what does this mean? Should I fire my financial advisor? <laughs> That's funny. Should I fire my <laughs> financial advisor? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I say this all the time, um, is that no one knows what the market is going to do. It's so unpredictable. News is unpredictable. The market is driven by news. Thus, the market is unpredictable. Any advisor that claims that they know what's going on or they have an algorithm, blah, 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 they don't know you should run. Um, in 2008, when the market collapsed, everybody lost money. Hedge funds, uh, mutual funds, all the smart guys on Wall Street, they all lost money. And gals. And gals. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and, of course, uh, when the pandemic hit, Everybody lost money too. Why? Because it was unpredictable. The news and the pandemic was unpredictable. The market moves on news and thus the market went down too and it's unpredictable. So no one knows. 80, let me go back, 95% of actively managed mutual funds over a 20-year period underperform just leaving it in an index fund, just an ETF, an index fund that's not managed. In a 10-year time period, 90% of actively managed funds underperform. So what does that tell you? By the way, five years, 85, over a five-year period, 85% of actively managed funds underperform just putting it in an index fund and setting it and forgetting it, right? So what does that mean? That means that no one knows what's going to happen. You can meet somebody who acts like they know, but they know they don't know. Now, does that mean you should fire your advisor? If they're, if they're hanging their hat on performance and beating the market, then maybe you should. But as a financial planner, as a fiduciary, as an advisor, I don't base my value on trying to predict the market. As a matter of fact, I try to invest my client's money that is in the market in low-cost ETFs that are going to mimic the indexes, right? S&P, uh, the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, Russell 2000, whatever that is. That's all you got to do. We're going to find out your risk tolerance, allocate it correctly, and let it go. The value that I, pro- the value that I provide and what my clients pay me for is for income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, insurance, uh, when, you know, long-term care insurance, when should they take uh, Medicare um, or not when, they, when should they take Medicare, how to manage uh, Medicare expenses, things of that nature, how to manage uh, estate planning, things of that nature. That is what the value of an advisor should be, not on investment management. That is why 
um, Laura, well, I don't know if you should fire your advisor, but if they're not providing all of those other things, then hey, and do what you need to do. All right. There you go. As yeah. someone who listens to a lot of industry podcasts, I've seen I've seen that shift happen, and and you know, I've read Christine Benz talk about this. Um, uh, she's a, a financial analyst yep. um, for I think Charles Schwab. But um, that there's just a trend in the industry where there's so many robo or, or do-it-yourself robo type of investment options that you can do yourself. So you don't, like you said before, you no longer need to have an advisor to go buy a stock. You can do that yourself. Yep. Um, so the shift has changed and the value proposition or the value that advisors offer has changed from, okay, well, we'll just pick some stocks or, or fund mutual funds for you to, well, now we have to offer this holistic, comprehensive advice yeah. because you can just go, like you said, right. get a, a, an index fund that mimics the, the market and, and be fine. Yeah. The barrier of entry has been basically taken away. Yes. There used to be a barrier of entry where you had to use a broker and advisor to get you into the market. Now that's gone. Those doors have been blown off for a long time. And so the value proposition should be with an advisor is all the things that we provide in, in, in our practice um, and what other advisors should provide. But the whole thing is, is that a lot of them aren't equipped with it because there's a lot of, you know, dinosaurs in the industry, for lack of better terms, who have who, who were who, who built their bones on acting like they know what's going to go on with the market and trying to predict it and things of that nature. When the bottom line is nobody knows when the market is up. I bet your advisor is up. When the market is down, I bet your advisor's uh, portfolio that he puts you in, I, I bet it's down. And what does that say? Uh, you know what they say. They say, hey, yeah, our portfolio's down, but it's not down as much as this. And that's really not the point. They need to be providing guidance, especially for retirees and all those other things that I talked about. So there you go. And now you know. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. So this is Brandy Carlisle. Okay. This is a song called Broken Horses. She was um, also, at, she performed at the Grammys, right? Not too long I, I ago. I think so. Yeah. I know she was there. <laughs> I think she did perform. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But uh, she's, uh, I think this was a... Um, I feel like she wrote a book in regards to this too. I'm trying to look now, but this song came out in 2021. So there you go. Okay. Good stuff. I like it. Not bad at all. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan, especially during this time, potential recessionary times. It's time that you make sure that your Retirement uh, is rescued, especially with higher taxes coming down the pipe. You have to be ready. And with that retirement rescue game plan, you get a copy of my two books, Feed Different Financial Reports, and access to my, to my webinar, which is called Taxes in Retirement. And you can order that by going to warrenwealth.net, and you get that delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. 
met. She did publish a memoir uh, called Broken Horses in 2021. Okay. So yes, you were there right. There you go. There you go. See? You know, you learn, you, you see somebody on the Grammys, do a little deep dive, and bam. There we go. And there you go. Memoir. Done. Published. All right, let's, talk, let's get into some news you can use. Accounting firm Mazars Group has suspended all work with its crypto clients. The decision to cut ties with Binance, a company called Qcoin, and Crypto.com comes after major cryptocurrency exchanges are um, having to release proof of reserve reports for digital asset exchanges. This They're looking to basically prove their solvency and show that they have enough money to cover withdrawals. The CEOs of Binance and Crypto.com want to distinguish themselves from what we just saw happen at FTX. Um, Mazars um, also fired the Trump organization as a client in February, citing a lack of reliability in the organization's financial statements. They said in a statement to CNBC that they paused activity relating to the proof, uh, to the provision of proof of reserve reports for entities in the cryptocurrency sector due to concerns regarding the way that the reports are understood by the public. Okay, don't know what uh, all those words were, but basically, um, regulation is coming down the pipe. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's. Um, you know what we had predicted heck when it bitcoin first came out we you know initially said hey it's an unregulated uh, currency and eventually the regulators will come in the tax folks will come in and uh, it's much needed and i think that will um at, at least uh, to me it, it's it's a um it's a lifesaver um you know for a lot of these companies regulation because uh, the one thing that you need is um, confidence, consumer confidence in buying oh, whatever yeah. product it may be. And you have to be able to say, hey, you know, we're good. And we have the reserve assets. You know, it's, it's why you put money in the bank. There's FDIC insurance. You yes. know, you need some sort of, you know, insurance that, hey, if I put my money somewhere, it's going to be there and I'm going to mm-hmm. be able to use it. Yeah. And, you know, I know crypto and the blockchain is, is touted as this thing that's t- – Nobody trying to get that. away from the bit, you know, the the what everybody else is doing, and and, and it's how regulated, that out for them? regulated by the public, and everybody verifies. Regulated by the public. Yeah, everybody verifies that all the blockchain formulas and no, they whatever. Didn't. They're running happen with what you call it. That's not that's you know. I don't know. Look, I don't yeah. know. The, this is the theory, <laughs> and the reality is obviously that you've got accounting groups dropping companies because they can't rely right. on the information that they're given from there these companies. There you go. All right, what else you there got? We go. Okay, <laughs> OpenAI, which is the research lab behind the viral chat GPT chatbot, which we featured on the show earlier today. Yep. Uh, they are in talks to sell existing shares in a tender offer that would value the company at $29 billion with a B, making it one of the most valuable U.S. startups on paper, despite yeah. generating very little revenue so far. Uh, venture capital yeah. firms like Thrive Capital and Founders Fund are in talks to buy the shares. Um, their tender offer, um, which means that the investors are buying shares from existing shareholders like employees. Um, OpenAI has generated just about tens of millions of dollars in revenue, in part from selling its AI software to developers. But some uh, investors have expressed some uh, skepticism that the company can generate meaningful revenue from the technology to um uh, to account for that $29 billion value. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think to me it's, it's, you know, we've, we've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and I don't know if, if, if it's – we're just going to have to sit back and, and watch. There's always that initial euphoria. Something new comes down the pipe, and, you know, people use it. Everybody talks about it. It goes mainstream. And then all of a sudden, whack, 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 it's, yeah. um, it, it fizzles out. And, yeah. you know, for um, – of, of course, you know, AI is going to be around. Um, you know, the, the, the way that it's going, it's there. But – you know, we, we, we were just talking about crypto and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Think about Jumping that mm-hmm. five, six years ago, seven years ago. This, this, that was it. Yeah. You know, and now. The new way to do and things. And now mm-hmm. we see how, how things have gone. Yeah. And then even here, it's like, you know, this is the next big thing, next big thing. And then yeah. we'll see. I you know hate to be the skeptic, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Yes. Yes. Right. Google's parent Alphabet, they also have been trying to get into the AI game, of course, just like everybody has. And they had kind of a, a, a bad rollout this week. They they released a video in which their AI chatbot gave a wrong answer to a question about the James Webb Space Telescope. And they immediately had to take the video back down off of YouTube. And their shares went down a little bit because well, they released something that isn't fully functional yet. Well, it's giving wrong answers. Well, so, so does chat, uh, GPT does. It, it does, too. It, you, you still got to verify. Just perception, I guess. Yeah. Public I mean, perception. That's the thing. This I mean, is the rollout. Well, well first, that's what it always first, is. You know, video, the first demo that we have. Oh, whoops. Yes. Major mistake. Let's yes. take it down. Perception is is not reality because I've been messing around with chat GPT. Um, I was uh, throwing some multiple choice stuff out there and it, and it got it wrong. So it's Ooh. not. And there's some facts in there and it's kind of bland and vanilla. I mean, it's not the save all. I mean, it's, it's not the, the save all. It's not you know, people are going to be able to mm-hmm. go in there. It's going to replace journalism mm-hmm. and all this stuff. That's the, you know, the fear. And of course, that's the initial hype. Oh, it's going to replace it. No, it's not. Not going to yeah. do anything like that. At least not right now. It's going to have to get a lot better. Okay. Um, and hey, I'm just going to sit back, grab my uh, little uh, box of popcorn and just be entertained and just watch because I've seen this many, well, most, many times most before, new te- which means that I'm old. Most new technology rollout <laughs> rolls out at like 60, 70 percent, you know, finished. Work out the kinks as we roll it out, and then event you know eventually. That's why Apple's on its 85th iPhone. You yeah. know they keep well, upgrading supposedly. Well, that's also it's part marketing. of the reason why, right? Yeah. All right, <laughs> do one more here. Uh, Super Bowl ads uh, today are poised to promote an unusual mix of alcohol, gambling, and Jesus. So alcohol is a newly competitive, newly competitive arena in the Super Bowl after Anheuser Busch gave up their exclusive rights to the to the category. So they used to be the only beer company that could promote during the Super Bowl. Never noticed that. Now. I would have said I've seen a Mentler Light, a Bud Light, mm -hmm. a Corona, and like, I I mean, I guess not. I guess it's always been the the, um, Clydesdales. This Sunday, we will include Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Bush Light, and Crown Royal, Control, Remy Martin, Heineken. We'll see all sorts of these... uh, uh, beer commercials. We've got, of course, DraftKings. Uh, some gambling. Some gambling companies. You can't. That you does can't get away not mix gambling and drinking. Oh. That, that's what it is. Huh? Hey, but that's that they they know that they know the target market. Yes, that's true. Gamblers and drinkers galore are watching the Super Bowl. And then to top it off, we'll have a uh, he gets us ad campaign, which was oh, introduced yeah. last year Jesus. to quote unquote reintroduce Jesus. We'll run 90 seconds of advertising, about $20 million worth, 
during the Super Bowl. It's a lot of tithing people had to do to uh, raise funds that, for that. But hey, um, Jesus is his, his. I think I think he's he's fired his uh, uh, PR agent, mm-hmm. and he had to hire another else. one because his popularity was was going down, okay. from what I understand. And hey, you know, G- G- Jesus Jesus has to market too. He has yeah. to market too. All right, dude. Thank you for that uh, news. You can use, and if we left the public with that, that would probably be enough, but they want the good stuff. They want the news that they can't use. Well, police in Saskatchewan, Canada, are reminding residents not to abuse the 911 emergency line by telling us some of the unusual calls that they've received recently. The police saying uh, the police are saying that um, they had re- released a list of their top 10 non-emergency calls, including a caller who requested assistance deleting a voicemail it's from her phone. It's wild people do this. <laughs> a caller whose bathtub drain was clogged and a caller who used the emergency line to avoid being put on hold in request for paperwork. Uh, wow. Other calls include a prank caller reporting a cougar, which turned out to be a woman. not the animal, but the reference to an attractive older woman. Another caller reported their roommate had eaten their takeout order. I mean, that's call for that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, get the cops involved. Yeah. A, porter, a, uh, a caller reported a hostile cat in their neighborhood. What? I'd call 911 if I saw a hostile cat. Cats are, cats are vicious. Okay, just stay in your house. I'm not a fan. I mean, just, just stay in your house. What if I have to go to work? What if I have to do something? Oh, well, run mean, to your I, car. I, I shouldn't be a prisoner in my own cat. house. It's a cat. No, no, you forgot the Quote, first unquote, word. Quote, unquote, hostile, hostile cat. cat. Hostile cat. They can scratch the, they can scratch your eyeballs out. My favorite one is the caller who reported swallowing a mosquito that had caused them to choke <laughs> and lose their dentures. Oh, what, did, you, did they choke on their dentures or did they choke on the mosquito? I don't mosquito know if they that, swallow the dentures, if they I don't know why that, choked that, on the mosquito or, or nine, their dentures. That's a that is kind of a 911 emergency. That's an emergency. emergency. Yeah. There's a few emergencies. Kind of you know, somebody emergency. eating your takeout, check, that's an emergency. Yep. Uh, because there could be some fisticuffs oh, that yeah. are going to be thrown, oh, especially yeah. if it was like... My name my, was on it. Right, I mean... I mean, what are you doing, Stacey? Your saying. name was on it. That's what I'm saying. Cheesecake Factory, don't don't mess with my takeout Cheesecake Factory. I will be upset, <laughs> you know? Anyway, thank you, D, for that uh, news you can't use. Always good stuff. And we all know what that music means. It means we have come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week, and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.